Welcome to the Shady Grove Radio Podcast, a production of Shady Grove United Methodist Church in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on, and listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on, and glory share. This week we'll hear a sermon from Pastor Wayne entitled, Peace Be With You, based on John 20, 19 through 23. Turn your radio Before we get into our scripture reading and sermon for this episode, I just wanted to uh, remind you that this coming Sunday, April 23rd, will be our Be the Church Day. We're all very excited here at Shady Grove about this opportunity for us to go out into the community and spread the grace and love of God with our neighbors. Uh, Just a reminder that there will only be one service this Sunday. It'll be at 9 o'clock in the gym, um, and that service will not be live streamed. We just um, don't have the capability to live stream from the gym at this point. Uh, So just wanted to let you know about that. Um, and if you haven't had a chance to sign up for uh, a project team, you can still do that on Sunday morning. So um, no worries. Right when we're uh, dismissing from the service, you'll have a chance to just go join a team right then and there. And also you can do it on the website, uh, the church website. There is a um, dedicated web page on our website for Be The Church where you can click on a Sign Up Genius link. That will take you to all the projects that are listed. Um, You can read about them and then decide which one you would like to participate in. All right, with that being said, let's go over now to our scripture reading, John 20, 19 through 23, and Pastor Wayne's sermon. Good morning, church. My name is Janet Lewis, and I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, John 20, 19 through 23. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Thank you, Janet. I appreciate that. Good morning, everyone. Oh, come up here. Well, I want you to know that last week we talked about Easter Sunday, which was the first day of the week, right? Which would be what day in our time? Great. That's cool. So, 
um, I want you to know we're still on that day. And so, uh, and so we're going to be focusing uh, on a certain way. So I have glasses on, right? So if I, you didn't have to take yours off because of that. I, mean, <laughs> I have glasses on. And I tell you what, I just went to the eye doctor and, and uh, my prescription is perfect. And so I want you to know I can see clearly right now. Uh, but on the first day of the week, where'd the confirmands go? <laughs> Is that I can see, okay, not far. All right? That is the fuzziness that the disciples were experiencing with that lack of clarity with all that had happened in the context of that day so far, right? And so, there is one scripture verse that is one that brings great confidence in the word of God and brings great confidence to us in our faith. We're studying John, but in John, 1 John 1, 1, what it says is, we declare... We declare to you what was from the beginning. Listen to this. What we have heard, what we have seen with our own eyes, all right? What we have looked at and at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. You know, in John, he used word to mean God and in the beginning the word. Is that, so these are the confidences that when the gospel is written, what you're hearing is firsthand information, okay? Which gives us great confidence when we're reading the scripture that's been canonized to have confidence in what the scripture tells us. And so what the scripture tells us, and I'm going to be pulling things from different gospels, what it, the context of all of this day is that Mary and the ladies went to the tomb, remember? And when they got there, in Matthew, they saw the stone rolled away. They saw the angel set on top of it, and the angel spoke to them right? And said, come and see. And so they went inside the tomb. They would have known that because they would have gone to put the perfume and spices on Jesus, like I said last week. Where to go? And um, the angel assured them that they were in the right place and they were looking for the right person, like I said last week. So, and then they were told by the angel to go tell the disciples, right? And so they took off on their, uh, their mission and um, as they were headed back to the disciples that were all gathered in the upper room, uh, Jesus appeared to them. And they worshiped and bowed down and worshiped his feet at his feet. And they could see the nail prints and in his feet. And what the scripture said, and I talked about last week, is that it was a post-Easter body. It wasn't a hologram. It wasn't a ghost. It wasn't, you know, anything like that. It was a body, Jesus' body. They could touch it. They could feel it. 
Again, think about the scripture I talked about. And so, and then uh, when the ladies got back to the, the upper room and told their story of what had happened, they, some of the disciples, took off because they were from Missouri, because they had to see it for themselves, you know, the show me state. And they ran down to the tomb, and uh, the disciple uh, Peter went in first, and the disciple whom Jesus loved got there first. He beat, but then he let Peter go in first. Now, John is a disciple that Jesus loved, right? And so, uh, and so they experienced all of that in the linen cloths all wrapped up. And then they all went back to the upper room. And can you imagine how fuzzy things were? Huh? I'd give anything if someone had taped the conversation in that room that day. Is it because we know that Jesus did not appear until in the evening, right? And so you ask yourself, what was Jesus doing all day? Did you ever ask yourself that question? What was Jesus doing all that way? Well, the other gospel tells us that he was spent the day with two travelers going to Emmaus. Right? And once they were revealed, Jesus revealed himself to them, what did they do? It's a seven-mile walk. So they took off and ran, marathoners, as that, and ran back into the locked upper room. And can you imagine what the mixed emotions they were processing the day together? Fear of the Jews, confused, elated, doubtful. Then, late in the day, two travelers came and reported unknowingly spent the day. That's where Jesus was. The day was Jesus. And as these travelers were telling the story, Jesus appeared to all the disciples gathered in the upper room, which was, you remember last week, is not limited to the 11 that are left. Now, Thomas was missing here. Judas had killed himself, so we understand their absence, and Thomas is going to get a special visit later. And so, um, as they're telling that, Jesus came into the room and appeared to the disciples with that locked door. Luke 24, 37 says they thought it was a ghost and were startled and frightened. Hmm. Now, let me share with you one thing. Verses 19 and 20 form one section of the text. In other words, it deals with one piece of information. Verses 21, 22, and 23 is a whole separate subject, okay? And so I'm going to share a little bit with both of them. So when Jesus came and appeared to them in 19 and 20, the first thing he said was, peace be with you. Now, if you notice that when Janet was reading the text. There was two times, peace be with you, in that text. The first one 
is the word that is used for, hey, what's up, dog? I mean, that's kind of Wayne's word, but it's hello. That's the emphasis of hello. And then the scripture says, then, so they could accomplish all the things that I read in that first verse, they went over and Jesus had them touch his hands for the nail prints and touch his feet and to touch his pierced side. Okay? So they know what's real. That's why John said these things in that first verse. Now, like I said, the first was like a hello. The second uh, is very different. The second time he said it is where he's referring back to the farewell address that Jesus gave in chapter 14. Now, we know chapter 14 a lot of times because in my house there are many mansions, especially a condo for Wayne. Is that, uh, but, uh, and so that, that's the farewell address section in 14. But in 1427, Jesus told his disciples in that farewell address that God would give them the gift of peace. That's what 1427 said. You'll get the gift of peace. A peace that Paul says passes all understanding. Now, and that peace is given through the power of the Holy Spirit, which he talks about receive the Holy Spirit there. That this Holy Spirit empowers us, gives us faith to believe, grants us guidance is our comforter when we struggle to understand the fuzziness, right? You know, I've been fuzzy a long time on some subjects, right? Some things we don't understand. I mean, we just don't, other people may, I, is that we just like that. But the, we may have doubt or are fearful. Now, the word imagery, there's certain words that have done translate its meaning completely in English. And so, especially some of these words, English just doesn't do any justice. So they create what is called a word picture in order to help translate it. And the word picture for peace that he uses a second time is a peace that you have within the storm. And so a photograph, a guy drew this painting years ago of the disciples in a boat with a mast down and the storms are raging all around them, okay? But they have peace. That's what it means. It doesn't mean peace is, oh, nothing's ever going wrong with you. It's a promise. That's not what happened. I think all of us in life so far figured out bad things do happen to good people, Right? We see that. Whether we understand it or not, that's a different story. So that peace is presence of God in the midst of all of our circumstances. So the first uh, two verses deal with uh, touchable Jesus. You know, I, give me some proof. I need to know it. And it was important that Jesus had them 
do the, and touch their hands and feet and all that kind of stuff because it, later on, Jesus wouldn't be with them. They need the confidence to communicate to others like us through what was written by the inspiration of the Spirit of the stories. And as John said, there's more stories than we could even put in books about Jesus. I'm sure that's true, but uh, are not there. You see, <clears throat> the second part is a commissioning and the mission that we're given. <coughs> Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I am sending who? You. So you, Jesus is authorizing those disciples there that night and every disciple in the future that as the Father sent me, that's exactly what I'm doing to you. Because the only way this mission and this message is going to be given <coughs> is if you took it yourselves. And the, the church has, or disciples as well, I mean, use the word, has been the institution or the group of people that have been given this commissioning and mission. Now, Matthew 28 is saying the same thing that John's saying right here. John just says things shorter. <coughs> so, not only did God, Jesus give him authority to do it, in Jesus' life and the teachings he gave them after his resurrection. Remember that? I mean, it's 40 days, right? Till Pentecost. Y'all not getting back, uh, confirmed on Pentecost. Y'all know that, don't you? Yeah, I know you said. I'm telling you, I look terrible. I'm, I just feel for you right now. Is it the 19th? Remember that day. Is that because Pentecost is on Memorial Day weekend. And uh, that was unfair. But Jesus demonstrated by his words and actions what the mission and message is so that the disciples can accomplish it through the power of the Holy Spirit reminding those disciples of what Jesus did and what he taught. That's how we got them. And so... You may not have ever heard it this way, but Easter, every Easter is a celebration of the beginning of the mission and the sharing of the message that God has given us to take out. You know that? It's the beginning. Think about it. It's the beginning. This is the first day, by the way, you resurrected on. That's the beginning. Okay? He began that day instilling this message. And so the message, if John were to say what it was in a core statement, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. I mean, that's the general, if you had a you know, mission statement, that would be a, not a bad mission statement. I mean, there are others is that Paul talks about uh, that God demonstrated his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, what happened? What happened? 
Christ died for us. I just want to see who was napping, that's all. See, the message of the body of Christ is just not disciples, it's the gathered body of Christ and the gathered church all over the world that is given this mission. And Jesus is dependent on the disciples of Christ in the church to carry forth his message and to carry forth the mission that God has given them. And I want to say this right here is that um, um, I, I think that we have to, as a church, get back to the primary reason that Jesus came into the world. That we might believe in God, to believe in Jesus, to believe in the Holy Spirit, to believe the words and the actions Jesus taught, and that Jesus' primary mission was to die on the cross to do two absolutely important things, to offer forgiveness for our sins. I like that because you know what? I'm a freaking flyer on the sins. Anybody? I can be a freaking flyer, all right? And so it's, it's great that God's grace, the gift of God's grace, not something I earned, not something I tried to pay for or whatever it was, it is a gift. And all I have to do is confess and learn from my mistakes. You hear what I'm saying? The second thing was victory over death. So, uh, when we receive eternal life, it's when we believe in Jesus Christ. But that is not why, what the message is. The message comes because of why that is true. Because of God's love. And the church, I believe, needs to get back on point to what the mission and message of Jesus is. I think that the devil is winning every day because sometimes the church is like this pastor. I have ADHD. The only difference is I have medication and the church doesn't. Amen? I mean, we can go off so many different things and make so many other things more important than the primary mission of the church. I'm not dismissing any of the other. I'm saying I don't care what else we're wrestling with is that we cannot give up the primary mission which Jesus loved us so much, loved all of us, and loved all those who haven't been born yet. So much that God sent his only son to die for us and be resurrected so that we could be the messengers of God's message of love, of unlimited love and grace and mercy to each one of us that should excite us enough of what God has done to be able to be willing to share with others about what God's done. Now, we're all different, right? And so... 
We may not do it in the same way. We may share our story in different ways. It may be like I did one time is that this man, I was talking to a man on the street and he said, Pastor, would you pray for me? I knelt right down on the sidewalk in that town right there. People walking by and he didn't bow down with me, but I held his hand. I kneeled. He was shaking like this. Is that? And I prayed for him. Wow. I never saw that guy again in my life. It may be praying for something. I don't know what it is that where it gives you the, the platform to share that news, but it is. Okay? That is what the church should be focused on in its mission and its ministry in the church. The disciples in the church need Jesus and one another. Because we need strength. We need help when we have difficulties or when we have doubts. And that's why I talk about small groups and stuff, because it's an opportunity to, to share and learn together and support one another. Our response to the commissioning and the message is to determine by the power of the Holy Spirit day by day to whom the Father has sent our way to share the message of hope. That's the work of the Holy Spirit every day. And so let me share this quote. I got to close here soon. Because I love this quote. By loving one another as Jesus loves, the faith community reveals God to the world. By revealing God to the world, the church or disciples makes possible for the world to choose to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ through God's limitless love. The faith community's mission, therefore, is not to be an arbitrator of right and wrong. God's the only one who judges, and we all be judged, but to bear unceasing witness to the love of God in Jesus. Amen? This has been and always will be our primary message that must be proclaimed and demonstrated as disciples of Jesus and made known through our actions and our words. I didn't ask you to be perfect. That's why we get forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. We're not perfect. There's our old song. Sometimes I think it's a little cheesy, but it's really true. That says that people will know we are Christians by our what? And our actions. Won't they? God demonstrated to us, we are now get to be the demonstrators. I'll leave with this confidence we have. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And every last one of the, us in this room 
can, should be able to answer that question in some way, form, or fashion. What we have seen, what we've touched, what we've, that whole experience gives us confidence that when we read the Word of God and when we practice the Word of God, that we receive our commission. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, give us the courage to share it when God gives opportunity. Amen. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Let glory share. Turn your lights down. Turn your lights down. And listen to the Master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on.